It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every day, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. And let me get the elephant out the room. I lost my voice. I, I did. Um, had a long week of traveling for work. You might have noticed the backdrop was a little bit different all week. Um, I'm back on the road again this week, but I lost my voice one uh, a lot of work, a lot of meetings, sleep deprivation, uh, body just not used to it, temperature change. Now I'm headed to Arizona, another temperature change. Hopefully the heat should help this. But then also my daughter played in a softball tournament this weekend. They were champions of the silver bracket. Um, they didn't win the gold bracket, but they won the second bracket because um, we end up uh, winning our first game, lost our next game, tied the next game, and then we won the next two games uh, in the uh, bracket play. And uh, so, you know, and she had, I think she had like three or four home runs. And so just, you know, screaming, yelling, uh, lost my voice. That was probably the end of my voice there. Uh, but it already kind of lost it when I first got back. Uh, but on today's show, the Ron Johnson Show, as I bring my producer, Sam Extra in, we're going to talk about Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer is an enigma. Um, Mike Zimmer never was really vocal about anything. So it doesn't surprise me of, of his disappearance, I guess we'll call it. Uh, we're going to talk Warriors in the Daily Three. I mean, come on now. Warriors, Celtics, that's what everybody's been waiting on. I know I have. I, I can't wait. I'm hoping it goes to game. I mean, we're close to getting to game seven because now we're, we're going to five. And so it's a 2-2 two -two tie. Uh, we're going to talk Twins. I could not believe where the Twins are right now. Um, they are showing grit. So we'll get into that. And then we're going to do a new segment today. We're going to ask the fans some questions. We're going to do that more too. I, I, Sam threw that out to me. And then as I was driving in today, I realized, you know what? We do need to interact with the fans a little bit more. Fans have a lot of questions. I do the fan line after Vikings games. So you know what? I love the fan questions. So let's, let's, let's get into that today. But top of the show, Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer was not real vocal. Uh, Rick Spielman, complete opposite. Dude's on TikTok. Dude's doing speaking engagement. He's on Fox Sports. He's all over the place. He's doing NBC, uh, Good Morning, whatever, football stuff. I mean, he's all over. He's all over NFL Network. I mean, he's – whoever was going to talk to Rick Spielman, Rick Spielman's going to talk to them. Mike Zimmer, he disappeared. But before we get to the Mike Zimmer disappearance and why, why I think it's happening, I have an idea. Instagram can tell you a lot. I have an idea. But before we get into that, a word from our sponsors. Thanks, Ron. Um, let me tell you a story. You know, a lot of times when I want to ship something to my house, I will fall for the Amazon Prime uh, free week subscription or free month subscription, and I will sign up. And then in that month, it will auto charge my card and boom, I'm paying for Prime for a full year. That was never my intent, but it happens all the time. Uh, that's why you have to switch to Truebill to prevent that kind of thing from happening. It's a business scam when you get renewed without your consent. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. It's a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. That's some serious dough. Don't fall 
for subscription scams. Truebill has over 2 million users and they've helped those 2 million save over $100 million. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Well, Sam, as we jump into this, I bought this up, Mike Zimmer. Well, one, let, let's go back to, uh, I'm not going to say her name, but there was an Instagram model, I guess you want to call her, that was rumored to have been around Mike Zimmer. I've seen a lot of people mention different venues they might have seen her uh, with him. Uh, I, I, I've met, I've heard different people say, hey, I've seen her uh, bring him up. She, she actually did bring him up. Um, in a tweet, I think it was, or Instagram story message. And she mentioned the fact that like in the turmoil time of not knowing who was going to be the next uh, coach, if Zimmer was going to stay, if Spielman was going to get fired, that allegedly Zimmer had reached out to Spielman and crickets where Spielman wasn't really responding to him um, and giving them kind of, not to say the Heisman, but maybe like canned answers like, oh yeah, I'm not really sure. I'm, I'm busy with the family. But then I had... Rick's son, Ronnie Spillman, on my show um, for uh, my radio show. And so he brought up that like days before Rick had warned the family, hey, be prepared for this. It's probably going to happen. We're going to get fired. And so with that said, the fact that Rick kind of had an idea, I mean, I don't know how you have that conversation with the head coach that you think, you know, either he's going to get fired or you're going to get fired. Um, I, I think Zimmer is just kind of taking the role less traveled by, you know, he's, he wants to stay out of the media. He wants to stay out of kind of in the way because if you do want a chance to get another big-time job, if you do want a chance to be, uh, as some people would call it, an analyst or a defensive executive uh, where you're sitting up in the up in the booth and you're helping coaches uh, from that standpoint, still making a decent amount of money, but you're like a senior advisor. Uh, when you look at, at, at uh, um, uh, the coach for the Buccaneers, Tom Moore, who was – you know, my dad's coach with the Steelers, or not my dad's coach, but coach for the Steelers. Um, you know, but he was also with Indianapolis with Tony Dungy. Uh, he's every bit of 80-something, you know. And now when you think about Zim, he's not that old. And so if Zim wants that kind of role, you kind of have to you have to go back into anonymity. You kind of got to go back into the shadows and say, look, I'm not a distraction. I'm not going to talk about Kirk Cousins anymore. I'm not going to talk about being fired by the Vikings. I'm not going to talk about you know, X, Y, and Z, Stefan Diggs, whatever you want your hot take, I'm not going to give it to you. And I think that's where Zimmer's at. You know, he's a grandpa, you know, he's with his family. He's probably worried about his son's next job as well. And like, what's his future going to look like? Um, be because we know like, that's what a parent wants. You want your kids to succeed. So he put his son in a position, you know, to be a coordinator for somebody else or, or get another big time job. And, and I think his goal is just to stay out of it. Like, I'm going to stay out of it. I don't want my name out there all the time in these headlines and, and people tweeting TikToks at me and all this stuff. And and that's why I think we haven't heard anything from Zimmer because he, he wants an owner to see him as like an asset and not a distraction. You know, you can be an asset or you can be a distraction. And Mike Zimmer does not want to be that. And that's my thought. Zimmer's restraint has amazed me because if there's anybody who can can kind of emotionally – have an outburst. It'd be Mike Zimmer because Mike Zimmer has very strong opinions about things. You know that he was at odds with Rick Spielman down the stretch of the season. 
And the silence to me is deafening because people have been smearing Mike Zimmer, fear-based organization comments, you know, critical of his regime. You've had these, you know, kind of behind the scenes articles that have been released about the final days of Zimmer. Um, and he hasn't been able to defend himself at all. And he could have, he could have gone on um, a talk show. He could have done an interview with a newspaper reporter. He chose not to do that. Um, impressive restraint. And I don't know if he goes out looking better or worse for it. But let me ask you this, Ron, before we end this segment. Do you think Mike Zimmer will ever be friendly with the Vikings organization again? Like when they have reunions of former coaches and players coming back to celebrate big events, you think Mike Zimmer is going to be walking on the field with alumni of the Vikings? Is he ever going to mend things with this organization? Well, and I'm looking at something now because I'm trying to, I really wanted to find the tweet, but I'm not going to throw the person out there. I'm not going to put somebody's name in this. that doesn't need to be in this. It's about Mike Zimmer. Not the, not, this is not, you know, we're not a gossip columnist group. Um, I think over time, so this is the thing about time. Time heals all wounds. That's what people say. I don't know at what point, how much time. Um, I think maybe one day, maybe far, far out, but I'm, I'm saying it's less than 10%. I, when you get fired, um, it's tough. You know, think about um, so, so many coaches that have gotten fired. Barrett Childress, he doesn't come around the Vikings anymore. You know, Leslie Frazier, I think it was just a different circumstance. So maybe that's why he, you know, people have rumored like, oh, I wish he can come back now or I wish he could do that. Like, I don't think he is, is has any animosity towards the Vikings because of where his career has gone now. Mm -hmm. But Childress doesn't come back so no I, I don't I don't see Mike Zimmer ever really like he didn't bring this town a championship um the only thing that's going to tie him here is going to be the Minneapolis miracle and I don't think he wants to revisit that because then the next week we got pummeled in Philly mm -hmm. um so yeah no I, I think it's less than 10 maybe five percent chance that Zimmer ever gets friendly I mean I think it'll be a cordial like hey how's it going if they ever run into each other but is he sending them any greeting cards or Christmas cards no like Zimmer is going to be on his ranch. He has a lot of money. He's going to live comfortably. He's going to take care of his family and his grandkids and, and his girlfriend and all the stuff he's going to do. Like Mike Zimmer is going to be just fine. And the Vikings will too. Um, that's the one thing. I, I don't know who said it. I was just watching something, but they were talking about, um, oh, Herm Edwards. And he was talking about the shield, the NFL, the shield, the, 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 the brotherhood. And, and there's just me and Herm shooting it. And he was saying, you know what? A lot of people worry about, and of course, you know, I coach for, for, for Indy. So it was an Indy reference he used, but he's like, man, remember when Peyton Manning retired and everybody thought, you know, the world is going to, the sky is falling for Indy. You know, Peyton Manning retired and left, or no, sorry, left and, and went to Denver and, you know, the sky was falling. The sky didn't fall. They got Andrew Luck. They kept moving on. Now they have uh, Matt Ryan. The world continues to move on. People still continue to watch the Colts. Ticket holders still go to the games. It's one of those things. The world for the Vikings is going to go on, and Mike Zimmer's world is going to go on. Um, this is just a microcosm uh, of, of, a, of a bigger picture of the whole world. You leave jobs all the time. You're just under a microscope in the NFL, and that's why. But that'll do it for segment one of the Ron Johnson Show. We want to thank all of our podcast listeners who have subscribed, and we want to thank those that continue to watch us on YouTube and, and, and just devour the uh, content, but we, we truly thank you. But up next, new segment, fan questions. It's in your hands, fans. Somebody asks, is their refrigerator running? I'll answer that next on the Ron Johnson Show. We're now on the Ron Johnson Show. It's time to hear from the fans. 
I had a fan ask me if my refrigerator was running. I answered him, of course it is. And then I know the joke, come on now, I grew up with this. I stopped my refrigerator and caught it before it made it out the front door. My front door also, it's a little bit too big for the refrigerator to get out on its own. You gotta take the doors off up. Long story short, yes, my refrigerator is running. No, it did not get away. But we do have some good questions. DBs, system, points for and against, defensive changes. There's a lot of questions out there from the fans. Look forward to answering them. Coming up next on the Ron Johnson Show, but before we get into the fan questions, we have another word from our sponsors. I think the line in every single one of these NBA Finals games has been like four, and it's four again in Game 5. The Warriors are at home. They are favored by four. Will they move within one win of Steph Curry's fourth title? Can't wait for tonight's game, and I'm checking out the line all day at BetOnline. Not a dot net. They continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find the latest odds, news, sports developments, including MLB scores, fights, NFL futures, live betting, esports, and plenty more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. And now we've got some questions. Ron Johnson. Let me jump right into it here. Question number one. Yep. This comes from at Outdoor Life Minnesota. Which one of the young corners proves himself to start alongside Pat P? I mean, easy answer is Andrew Booth Jr. Um, I think Andrew Booth Jr. over time, we're gonna see he has that, you know, Clemson pedigree. I mean, Mackenzie Alexander, I think when you when you look at what they got in McKenzie, um, he was extremely serviceable. He was extremely good. Um, he just fell into a situation where early on. Um, the rumor was he was fighting the system. And I actually talked to McKenzie. We're friends. I text him. Uh, he and I have chatted outside of football, just life stuff. And, and the biggest thing was, you know, he got labeled early as a guy that that wanted to do it his way, didn't want to do it Zimmer's way, you know. And, and I don't think that's fear-based. I just think some coaches have it their way. This is this is how I want it. You got to do it this way. Um, and, and so McKenzie had to overcome that and change the mindset and say, you know what? I think this is how I should do it, but coach, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to do it your way. Let's just see if this works. And as they started to, to, to figure out ways to get the best out of McKenzie, well, of course, he became one of the top five nickels, in my opinion, in the NFL. Um, never truly got a chance to play outside, and so I think that's where it happened. Well, now Andrew Booth doesn't have to deal with that. He has Channing Sullivan that's going to be the nickel. So now he'll have to come in and compete with uh, Cam Dantzler. You know, he has to compete with um, – um, the other corners in the room, Patrick Peterson. Why am I forgetting the one guy from, from Missouri? Why am I drawing a blank? A Caleb, a Caleb Evans. Evans. Yeah, I'm like, why am I drawing a blank on his name? A Caleb Evans, Andrew Booth Jr., and Cam Dancer. I think those are going to be the usual suspects right now. Cam Bynum, I think, is going to be the safety and then the nickel as well. He's going to help out because he played corner in college. Um, but the easy answer, I'm just going to go with Andrew Booth Jr. So when people think of Cam Dantzler, I think the first thing that comes to mind is you know, end of game lapses where yeah. mentally he makes, you know, it's Seattle, his rookie year, Dallas, his rookie year, Jacksonville, there was a mishap. The Lions game last year where he backed up too far in the end zone. Like he does have a building list of flubs late in games. But if you look at his play just on a steady play-by-play -play basis, like his, his PFF rank his first two years, 15th last year, 23rd the year before. That, that's pretty good amongst all corners in the league that are that are starting level. That's not bad. So I think the guy can play, and I think that he could actually be 
kind of that locked in other outside corner. And that gives Andrew Booth a little more time. I'm okay with Booth sitting and learning for a year under Peterson. Maybe he has that fourth corner to cycle in if needed. Got to give Dantzler or Peterson a break. But I, I think people are sleeping a little bit on Cam Dantzler. If he cleans up the fourth quarter stuff, the two-minute stuff, I kind of like him to rise up and be a solid starter on this team. Yeah, I, I think so. Like Cam Dantzler, again, we saw some of the tweets from him, and he had to delete the tweets after games. He felt like he should be in games, so – He'll get his chance. There's a new staff. They don't know him from Adam. Hey, let's go out there and compete in training camp, and it should be a fun one. I mean, you have him and Andrew Booth Jr. and Caleb Evans all fighting for, for spots, and I think everybody feels good about that talent compared to years past when you looked at what was in the what was in the cupboard. Uh, we knew what was on the shelf, but what was in that cupboard? And so now we kind of have an idea, and we'll get to see these rookies compete. Let me ask you one from Foot Jab on Twitter. He asks, where is Anthony Barr now? And I'll, I'll expand upon it just to get a little more out of the question too. What do you think? And, and the answer is that Barr is unsigned. He's still floating out there as a free agent. What do you think his role will be this year with whatever team he lands at? Well, it depends on the team he lands on. If it's a team that's like Rams-like, where it's like, hey, we already have our championship pedigree. We already have our guy. Kind of like Von Miller. Von Miller went to the Rams and did just enough, but didn't have to do it all. Um, so if he ends up on a team like that, where it's like, look, we already have defensive stars. We just need you to come in and be a solid piece of this puzzle, make splash plays, get after the quarterback, uh, be able to cover tight ends if we need you to. But I don't think that's his forte. Um, you know, he's he's truly more like a, a Zadarius Smith. Like he's a guy that likes to get in there and mix it up and go after the quarterback. Uh, he never truly got to do that in a 3-4. In a four, in a, or sorry, in a four three, but in a three four, hey, he could become that TJ Watt type of guy that we 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 hope he would be. Uh, when we first heard that Ed Donatel was coming and changed this to a three four, before the Darius Smith, you know, we thought Anthony Barr was the easy answer there. We're like, hey, look, he, there's a guy that we always we already wanted to see rush the quarterback. So wherever he's gonna go, I think he's gonna have to go to a system fit. I think he wants to go to a three four defense. So. You know, what team out there in the 3-4 defense has the money um, to get him? Or is he willing to take a hometown discount and stay, you know, because he could have went to the Jets, but he stayed with Eric Hendricks and the Vikings. So clearly he likes his friends. I mean, there's emotion in this. This is life. Um, is 3 to $4 million enough to play football and be around your friends? Yes. Do you want 12? Of course. But why not go show and prove? Play with Zadarius, play with Eric, play with Jordan Hicks. Now you guys are one of the best linebacking groups, if not the best linebacking group in football right now. And you have a defensive line who's just going to get get it done. You still have Daniil Hunter. Like, I don't know if you quali qualify him now as an outside linebacker or he's more like a DeMarcus Ware, so I don't know where you put him. But, I mean, you could create some havoc if you think about Anthony Barr, Zadarius Smith, and Daniil Hunter all rushing the quarterback. That's a scary defense, and if three to four million dollars is enough to keep him happy, he's already made a lot of money as a first round pick plus contract after contract, twelve million last year. Um, I could see him coming back to the Vikings, but I, I do see wherever he goes, he's going to need a system fit guy. That's going to be his role wherever he goes. Yeah, I mean, I think he got in the situation where he attached a dollar value to himself that the teams in the league did not. There's there's a big difference there and usually the teams end up winning and, and the teams pay what they want to pay instead of a player a bar's age and injury history he probably won't get exactly what he wants and, and if Correct. he is willing to take that discount 
I would definitely take him back in Minnesota. I mean, I, right. I, I thought he played pretty well when he was healthy last year. That's a big question if he's healthy, but I still think he'd be a great fit on this team. Uh, next question from Purple People Tweeter. Where will the Vikings rank for plus minus points scored at the end of the half? And to add some context to that, this is from Warren Sharp. The Vikings allowed TDs on 32.4% of opponent drives in the final four minutes before halftime or the end of the game. So almost one out of every three. That was worse than the NFL. They were 32%. NFL average was 12%, according to Warren Sharp. So they were historically bad at the end of halves. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> how do you think they'll do in that regard this year? Well, one, you're going to have an offensive-minded coach who has an end-of-the-half mindset for offense, meaning he's going to want the ball in his hands. So I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means, you know, you go into your four-minute offense at the end of the half versus trying to really push it down the field and score early, and then you're putting your defense back out on the field. Um, There's a lot of strategy there. I remember Rick Spielman, uh, we made the comment to him one year, it had to be two years ago maybe, when when Zimmer's defense struggled, and we said, man, the 24 fifth ranked run defense or something like that, blah, blah. And he literally threw the offense under the bus. He said, look, you can't stop the run if you're on the field for X amount of, you know, basically saying if the offense could actually convert another third down, uh, could stop turning the ball over, uh, maybe the defense wouldn't have to be out on the field. So we did have Zimmer's back in that regard on TV, like on our TV show for Vikings game day at training camp. He said it. So this is not speculation. It's out there. He said it. Um, and so I look at that. I look at like an offense being able to, to sustain drives and keep the defense off the field. Also know a defense is going to think, look, bend but not break at the end of the half. We don't need to make a big play and make just keep them in front of us. It's they're they're the ones pushing the envelope. We can relax and sit back and keep them in front of us. And I think that was the key too. There were a lot of mistakes sometimes in the halves where just the analytics wasn't there to remind the coaching staff, hey, this is a this is a pain area. So I'm just going to say they're going to cut it in half. The plus minus, if it was 32%, they're going to be at 15%. Like, I think they're going to cut that in half because that's simple mental stuff, and that's also getting your offense to play with your defense. Yeah, I mean, most teams are just going to regress or progress, I guess, back to the average. You're not going to be that bad back-to-back years. I mean, you're going to get lucky at some point, and you're going to accidentally stop somebody. It's hard to be as bad as it was last year. And I do think that your, your first point was great the offense is not going to give the other teams as many opportunities. There were a number of three and outs last year where the Vikings got the ball, minute and a half, pass incomplete, pass incomplete, pass incomplete, punt. And suddenly you're giving the other team a minute 10 and they go do something. Correct. Uh, I think they'll be a little better at it this year. How about one more question, Ron? Yeah, let's do it. All right. What specific things or what scheme uh, specific things can KOC incorporate to limit inside pressure, which I think is something Kirk struggles with the most. Um, and if that is a scheme that Bradbury can excel in, that question comes from Brandon. Brandon, just Brandon. Um, well, uh, what, I, what I will say with that is, yes, there are some scheme things. Now, I'm not a guru of inside line play, um, but I did play tight end for the Bears. And what I remember most was my conversation with the tackle. And we had a lot of conversations. I was usually the backside. I'm not a front side tight end. I can't take on a defense end. So I was always backside worried about linebackers and DBs, or I'd be one by one off the bigger tight end, and I would just help them block. More like an H-back where I would move. I'd be in the slot. I mainly would pass guys, what I did for the Bears. And so when you think about that, 
the conversations I had with the tackle, I'm guessing the tackle and the guard are having those same conversations and the guard center having those conversations. Well, what happens in those conversations are truth. Hey, I can't handle this guy. I need your help. Hey, this guy moves. Hey, you got to help him, blah, blah. So my guess is KLC is going to have a little bit more communication within this group. Um, when you, again, when your head coach is the guy helping you with the offense, he's going to make sure everybody's on the same page. Also, when you have a coach that everybody feels like they can come to and talk to if they have issues, because you have a lot of former players on that staff uh, that played the game. And so you're going to have that locker room mentality in the coaching, you know, offices. They're going to make sure these guys are helped out. The other side is going to be Kirk Cousins. If Kirk Cousins sees some guys in the A-gap or doing some kind of stunt that he knows there's no way Bradbury can handle it, before Kirk would say that, like, I can't just call a timeout. They're not mine to call. You know, oh, I can't just change mm -hmm. this play. It's not mine to do. I think they're going to give him that ability where if there are some guys in the A-gap, and usually when there's guys in the A-gap, DBs play off because if it's some kind of blitz, they're sitting at like four to five yards and they call it catch. They're going to catch the receiver. Like they're going to let him get into his lap because normally when it's a blitz, it's a hot route. So you only have a couple hitch slant or go KLC is going to know that as well. And you think about the Rams and some of the hot route stuff they did where you're like, wait, what, how's that a route? Like dude just did a reverse spin out, but that's when we talk about the innovation that these Vikings players keep talking about with this, within this offense. And so I think that's going to be the key. I think that's what we're going to have to look forward to is what's next. Like, what's the next thing Kirk can do? Well, he can throw a bubble screen. He can throw a, a quick, just throw it to Justin Jefferson. Throw it, just throw it out there. If the guy is four or five yards off, just pop up, throw it out there like Tom Brady does. Like, it's not even a part of the play. It's just we're on the same page. Hey, look, he's off. He's in the hole. Because running backs sometimes don't even know. You see the running back running towards the quarterback like he's going to need the handoff, and all of a sudden he just throws it out there to the receiver. And that's Aaron Rodgers does that a ton. I think that's going to be in the Vikings offense now. I mean, that's some of the things where you want a quarterback. As a former quarterback, you're thinking about all the things you used to do. And Kevin O'Connell played with some great ones, especially Tom Brady. So he's going to have some of that conversation stuff with Kirk. Like, Kirk, look, man, just do it. Like, if he's seven yards off, just pop up and throw it. It's Justin Jefferson. We got Justin Jefferson out there wide, one-on-one -on -one now. Like. What's the worst that can happen? Five, six-yard game? He might break it. So that that's going to be, I think, some of the things that take that pain away from the offensive line. Um, is Kirk's going to be able to run away from that or get out of the – I mean, Kirk Cousins under Kevin Stefanski was one of the best play-action quarterbacks in the NFL whenever he was rolling to his left and he's a right-handed quarterback. They went away from that under Kubiak and, and Clint. So it, it was rarely used, even though they talked about it like, oh, yeah, we – they rarely used it. I think Kevin O'Connell is going to is going to be smart enough to know, look, let's get him out of the pocket. That way we don't have to worry about the center guard issues. Let's get him out. Let's get him moving. Now everybody's moving. It's flowing. There's not a pocket where the defensive line can come to. And so now you change up their mindset. Think about Kyler Murray. You know, think about all the move stuff Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers do with the play action. Think about Peyton Manning, all the deep fakes he did to create. He created space. He, he created a new pocket, a new target. Now you can't just rush at seven yards. You got to find out where Peyton went or where Aaron Rodgers went. I think that's what's coming up for Kirk Cousins. Mm -hmm. I want to thank all the fans for the questions. We're definitely going to tweet you guys out. Now it's that time on the Ron Johnson Show for the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each, like I said before. But, hey, today I'm going to make sure I hit on every topic Sam has because I want to make sure I really dive into these today. I don't know why, but basketball, I love it. And I can't believe the Twins are doing something they haven't done. So, Sam, take it away. The Twins just wrapped a pretty tough stretch where they didn't have a lot of pitchers. They were missing key guys. Royce Lewis has an ACL issue. Not great on the injury front. But 
They come out of a nine-game stretch, five and four. They go two and one against the Blue Jays, one and two against the Yankees, two and one against the Rays over the weekend. Did the Twins earn some respect in this latest stretch, Ron? Yeah, the fact that they got one from the Yankees, for sure. Um, uh, the only the only little piece I would say is they gave up a lead. That 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 was hurtful with the Yankees. Um, that's one. But but again, to be in that game and to to kind of show early dominance like that just shows that they're they're there. They're close. You know, like they're they're right at that cusp of saying, you know what, we can battle with anybody. Um, but yeah, they definitely did. I mean, with, with that road stretch like that, being shorthanded, um, you know, when they went to Canada, all that stuff, and to come away five and four, uh, it could have been a lot worse. You know, we talk. I thought the wheels were going to fall off after those Yankees losses, and they found a way to get it to keep it together. Like they kept the, the wheels on the bus, kept going round and round, as the kids would say. So yeah, they definitely earn my respect. I don't know about the the baseball fans because I'm not a baseball aficionado. Maybe we will have to get a baseball guy on and talk about that. Maybe get Lavelle Neal back. Um, but but that's that's something that I was like, oh okay, yeah, they're not going to do it. And then they're like, oh, they did it. So again. That high early grade point average is doing well, and now they're continuing to stick with it. They're they're that B average. They're just if they can stick at that B average, the way they started off as a A almost four point you know three point eight. Now they just got sticking that three point you know average, and they're just going to be there. They'll be right there in the mix for the playoffs. They played sixty two games. They've got exactly one hundred to go. And Luisa Rise, by the way is at the point where he is must-watch TV when he's at the plate. He's the best hitter in baseball. He's hitting 359. hit a grand slam on Saturday to turn a 3-0 deficit into a 4-3 lead. The guy's magic with the baseball bat in his hands. So uh, so that that's a big reason why I'm tuning in, because I want to see a rise at the plate. He's super fun to watch. Um, Warriors-Celtics tonight, Game 5. The line has shifted on bet online from 3.5, favored uh, the Warriors, to now 4 on betonline.net. Ron, give me your thoughts. Game five, do the Warriors cover the four-point spread or do the Celtics? Uh, ooh, that's tough. Um, this game has been absolutely bananas. And again, it's emotion. After watching that game four, uh, watching you know Steph Curry kind of get back into his magic. Uh, but then, you know, that game three, I talked about the Celtics, you know, dominated the Warriors. So at this point, I, I think the Warriors, I think whoever wins will cover. That's a dumb answer, but I think whoever you're betting on to win, just bet on them to cover because they're going to do it, um, whether it is just the Celtics winning or the Warriors winning by five. Um, that That's that's the key for me is I, I think the Warriors will get it done. They're back home. Um, you know, they're, they're building. When Steph gets to going getting hot and hitting threes, that building is a different animal. It's a, It's a different animal. Like you see him hit one three, then two threes then three threes, then four threes. If he gets into one of those where it's just like guys are running at him just to save their own life and he is on, it's lights out. Like he he has the knockout punch, but this is the key to that. Because of his rest, you know, how Steve Kerr has been resting and fans weren't happy with that. If Steve Kerr has to rest him at some point and the Celtics use that, like, because I know, you know, if you think about uh, Brad Stevens and some of the, the way they're looking, oh, no, it's not Brad Stevens anymore. It's, uh, what's his name? Um, Nia Long's husband. Um, when, when you look at that, when if you think about that and the way that he knows, like, hey, at some point, Steph's going to come out. That's got to be our time to take over. If they can keep that mindset and stay in that game, then it's going to, it, it could get scary. But if Steph Curry can come out of that game and rest and not have any worry, like they're up 10 and there's no real worry, 
It's going to be the Warriors game for me. Ime Udoka, their head coach, I believe yeah. is how you say He's it. married to um, Nia Long. That's all I know. He's, he's Nia Long's husband in my eye. That's all I'm calling him. Your your prediction about Steph Curry being MVP, though, is looking great if the Warriors win this series. Because even in the games where he's been, or when they've lost, he's been red hot. He really hasn't had a down game yet. Right. Um, and if not for, you know, the, the end of game one, where they blew that lead and blew a great Curry game, uh, he would be a shoe-in for MVP, MVP at this point. They'd be looking to clinch the series tonight, if not for that game one collapse. Last one, we have a Stanley Cup final. The Tampa Bay Lightning will face off against the Colorado Avalanche. And, Ron, no one's talking about this nationally, but it's huge. The Tampa Bay Lightning are going for the first professional sports three-peat since the 2002 Lakers. It's been 20 years since the team has accomplished this. Would they become one of the great dynasties in sports history if they win this series? I say yes. It's going to get bought up. Um, but problem is, like you said, it's not a national story. If this were the Warriors, or this was the the Bulls, or this was, you know, the 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 Bucks, you know, anybody was was heading towards that. This was the Patriots, you know, it would that would be a big story. Even the Yankees, you know, that would be a story. But for some reason, and I know why, I'm not a hockey guy. I love going now. I mean, I went to my first playoff game this year, but uh, or my hockey game period, playoff, whatever. Um, but it's just not. It's not a. It's not something everybody's like, whoa. But the hockey world's talking about it. I mean, we're going to have Jason Zucker on in about a week, and I know he's going to talk about it. You know, But, yeah, when you look at the Avalanche and, and how they skated and how they 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 just, you know, not say dominated, but they they had spurts of just like, yeah, we're a better team. And then the Lightning quietly just, hey, we're in this. We're done with this. We're, we're, we're ready for the final. Um, it, it was like a quiet kind of a fight. It wasn't a – because if you look at uh, – uh, what is it? The Panthers, I think, or mm-hmm. Carolina is it the Carolina Panthers, uh, Florida Panthers, Florida Panthers. Yeah. No, no. Which the Carolina team? What's their name? Hurricanes. Hurricanes. Yeah. So if you look at the Hurricanes yeah. and how they tweet and how they celebrate and how their social media blows up everything they do. If a dude ties his skates with his gloves on, it's on social media. That's not where we're getting out of the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, they kind of quietly are doing this. Um, one, the noisy wheel gets gets the attention. The, 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 the nail that sticks out gets hammered. You know, uh, Denzel Washington said an American gangster. You know, the loudest person in the room is going to get it's going to get hammered. Like and that's why he didn't want to wear that chinchilla, because they're going to notice you. And so that's why the Tampa Bay Lightning is quietly. They don't want to blow this up and they don't want their social media team jinxing them, throwing that out there. Hey, we're about to three peat or we have a chance to three peat. They're they're all on the same accord. Hey, let's just play hockey. Let's just let's 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 be physical. Let's skate. Let's stay out of the penalty box. Let's make sure we're on the same page. Let's make sure we're substituting when we're tired. Hey, lines got to be working together. Guys got to communicate. And we gotta we gotta protect our goalie. Like we gotta we gotta clean out that area around the net. We gotta keep that clean for him. We gotta throw our bodies in front of these pucks, but we're gonna quietly do it. We're not gonna tweet it out. We're not gonna do TikToks. You know, that that's why I think it is a quiet story because they're not blowing it up. Now, once they win, I'm pretty sure they're gonna blow it up. They're gonna have all kinds of, you know, history videos when they're gonna probably have the Bulls and and like you said, the Lakers and all these teams that have done in the past. They're gonna create some kind of video with them and and, and bring sports history together. But until then, we just gotta wait for this final to get started. Yeah, they got to be one of the least recognizable super teams of all time. Like, if you polled a thousand dinner tables across America, I'm not sure anyone could recognize Steven Stamkos. They probably couldn't recognize Andre Vasilevsky. 
or Nikita Kucherov. They're just not household names. Uh, they're in the wrong market, certainly. I mean, and and the Tampa fans love the Lightning. I think they're pretty mm-hmm. well supported there. But the networks are not pumping up the Lightning like they are the Rangers or the Bruins or the Islanders or the Canadian teams even. In Canada, that'd right. be a huge deal. Um, if yeah, Tampa just, Bay didn't have Tom Brady, I think Tampa would be getting a little bit more press too. Like the fact mm-hmm. that they just won a Super Bowl when the Tampa Bay you know, Lightning won as well. Football's king. Tom Brady's king. Tom Brady had tequila and almost threw the trophy in the lake, in the river. You know, Tampa Bay's got to drop their trophy out of the, drop the Stanley Cup out of the, out of a plane or so. I mean, like, it's just hard to top all the tough stuff of Tom Brady. And so that's what Tampa Bay's dealing with as well. It's just like, hey, we got Brady. Like, we got Brady. We got football back. Fans are excited about Brady. Is Gronk going to come back eventually? Gronk's tweeting. Julian Edelman's making jokes. So, yeah, it's t- Tom Brady's a huge shadow to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. Yeah, it's been it's been great in Tampa the last few years, though. The the Lightning never lose. The Bucks have a Super Bowl. The Rays were in a World Series. They didn't win, but man, Tampa is the quiet sports capital of uh, the USA. Yeah. Meanwhile, other places like Detroit Crickets. can't even Minnesota. can't even sniff it. Can't even sniff it. Without well, a do it for the Brian Johnson Show today, I want to thank. All the fans for their questions today. I enjoyed them. We're going to do that more often. So please continue to interact with us. We're going to continue to follow you as you follow us. But that's for Sam and Ron Johnson. Have a great day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.